from the Duck South Studios in Morgan City, Mississippi. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I want to punch you in the face so bad right now. This is the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Get the governor harumph. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Today's episode is brought to you by Advantage Multi from Bayer. Advantage Multi is veterinarian's number one choice in the prevention of heartworms, fleas, roundworms, hookworms, and whipworms. Treats and controls sarcoptic mange. Make sure your dog is protected by using Advantage Multi. I said what I said and I'll stand by it to the death. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And now, here are your hosts, Jay Paul Jackson. You just love to hear yourself talk, don't you? Even when you're not saying anything. Rocky LaFleur. Yo, Adrian! Adrian! Houston Kennedy. Please, Houston, we have a problem. And Josh Webb. Coons. We're raccoons trying to get on our back porch. Mama just chased them off with a broom. Welcome to the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I'm Rocky LaFleur, and I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Josh Webb. It seems like everybody else is out on the road today, Josh, so it looks like it's just going to be me and you, but that's fine, because I'm sure as much as you and I stay on the phone, there's a couple of things we could probably talk about that's going on right now. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we can find something entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. Um... You know, one of the things that, that I've been following, I know a lot of Duck South users have been following, and I know that you hate talking about, but I'm going to touch on it just a little bit, is all the stuff that's going on at Ole Miss, man. What about that last week? Because I know, you know, a lot of our Duck South users are from Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana. So they kind of follow each other's schools and what's going on. So, I mean, what what do you think about what happened up at Ole Miss with, with the program? <laughs> you know, I, I meant to bring that up last week to get your thoughts on it. Uh, you know, to be completely honest, I haven't, I haven't really dove off into it and, and, and you know, really looked at it. Um, I know you hate sports, so it doesn't matter. I, I don't hate sports. I just you don't follow. I don't. It. You're not. I don't. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't pick a favorite, so I don't follow it. I don't follow any particular school closely. But that's what I'm you're not you're not a you know, fanatic with something, about school. That's right. With something like this, um, you know, my initial thought is it's probably just a stepping stone uh in terms of of things that the NCAA is about to start doing, not just Ole Miss, but but other schools. That's the way I kinda look at it. Um I kinda look at it as this is the example center, um, which sucks because it was Ole Miss, it was in Mississippi school, but um, I, that, that's just, that's kind of the way that I see it. Well, I was I was going to tell you a couple of things that I found out over the weekend that I, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, one, let's get this out of the way, do I, do I believe that Hugh Freeze directly involved with any of this crap that's going on? No. Do I think that any coach is involved with anything that goes on at a school? No. I don't think they have knowledge of it. Um, 
one interesting thing that I was going to tell you that I hadn't talked to you about was this guy that was kind of running rogue, this assistant coach that was running rogue, um, doing things that weren't legal for the school that we've come to find out were very legal. And I know this is an outdoor show, but kind of interesting to, to find out some of this information and share it with others. But this guy actually, you know, he was hired by Hugh Freeze. Don't get me wrong. But he was placed, from the way I understand it, placed into this position by a group of boosters. So do I think Hugh Freeze knew what did I think? Do I think that he knew what was going? No, I can't even get this out. Do I think Hugh Freeze knew what was going on? No. Do I think the boosters and and this coach knew? Do I think they knew what know what they were doing? I can't even talk today, dude. <laughs> well, okay, look, that. and that, but that that goes that goes to my point, and. It sucks. We live in Mississippi. It's a Mississippi school. It's a well-known school, whatever, not just in the SEC, but nationwide. It sucks, yes, that it was that particular school that got brought into the spotlight. But those type of things, um, I mean, can I say with certainty it happens at other schools? No. But can I give my opinion? Yes. It does happen at other schools, and yes, I think that, like I said, it, this is just going to be a, a, a starting point. Uh, I mean, it's not really a starting point. I know the NCAA has cracked down on things like this before. I'm just saying that in this in this magnitude, uh, I think that you know it, it's going it, to. And I'm not saying it's going to happen at Mississippi State or Alabama or whatever. I'm just saying this is. It's not going to be the first time something you know, to this magnitude is going to be in the news in the next year, two years, five years. Um, because when stuff like that happens, people don't want to admit it, but most of the time that's the people who know what's going on. So that's just kind of yeah. how, <laughs> how things work. I think when any of these little brothers start rising up to the top, if you go back in history, especially with Mississippi, and, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, whenever you see them start doing good, the boom gets lowered on them. Um, I'll give you some examples. Ole Miss, I, when I was a kid, Ole Miss was really, really good in the early 90s. Well, they went on pretty much should have gotten the way it was. Way it, was it was almost like getting the death penalty in a 93 when that happened. Mississippi State goes to the SEC championship. They get the boom lowered on them in 2000. Um it goes on and on. Anytime you see one of these smaller schools rise up to the top in the SEC, man, they get kicked back to the bottom real fast. Um, I just think there's some powers that be that want Hugh Freeze gone because I think that he could continue success at Ole Miss. He recruits well, and I know that people are going to laugh and say, yeah, but he cheats when he does it. I don't think so. I just think that he's a I think he's a man of integrity that forms relationships. Now, what the booster does outside of him, who knows? Like you said, it happens at every school, every single one of them. But this isn't a football show. This is an outdoor show, and it's one that's being brought to you by Joseph Presley at Four Corner Properties. If you're looking for a piece of property 
deer, turkey, duck. Man, Joseph has got to call. I saw he put up a new property this morning. Did you see that piece of property he put up on Facebook this morning? I did. I saw that, and I actually talked to him just a while ago. We were just texting back and forth, and uh, I don't know. I don't think he was that property. But my point is he was leaving a a closing. There was about an hour-long gap in in text messages between the two of us, and and, um, when he finally got back to me or whatever, I mean, I wasn't worried about it, but anyway, he got back to me. Sorry, I was at a closing. So that just and then what what I'm getting at is it just speaks to, to to his work ethic and to just how busy of an individual he is. Um, you know, he put up a, an awesome looking property um, in the last 24 hours, and then he was closing another one today. And, and I mean, it's just it's phenomenal what he does for for his for his clients and for the people who who are looking for recreational land. It looks like that property was in, was it in Warren County? Like 80 acres? 86 acres? I believe that's right. And, you know, he put up another another one a day or two ago, a big place. Um, I think he was in Louisiana, though. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's, and it, it was a, it was a big place, you know, um, a high dollar place, high acreage place. And it was, I mean, it just really shows what all kind of, what all kind of things he's he's got his hands on. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think if you're looking for property for just you and your family, if you're looking for an equity partnership deal where it's it's three or four of you, I think he's got a call. I mean, he had a lot of properties coming on, a lot of good duck hunting, a couple of really good duck hunting properties um, that I know that he's moved lately. So, I mean, I think if you're looking for deer, turkey, or duck hunting land, I think Joseph is a guy you need to call. That's Joseph Presley at Four Corner Properties there in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Josh, I don't know if you've seen lately. Let's go Let's go back to the outdoors. We started out with sports and talking about land. Now let's go back to the outdoors. I don't know if you've seen on social media today. <laughs> the This affects a lot of people because a lot of people go to these indoor shooting facilities and use targets, whether they're I've shooting a pistol. That. Have you seen that? I'm, I'm assuming it's, you're talking about the black target. Yes. Oh, this is yeah. the new This is the new push coming from the social left, the socialist left-wing party. Um, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I did see that. I have not been in, in or on social media much in the last couple of days, but yes, I did see that. Um, I have not read into it. I read all I needed to read. <laughs> Man, you know, uh, okay, fine, whatever. We get rid of get get rid of that. Okay, well, I mean that that's perfectly fine. I've got some white targets here at my house, but you know, I I shoot them just the same as I do. The cat on the green and red and blue and black, but um, yeah, I mean it's just it's just the next thing for them to attach to or to try to make go viral, attach themselves to and and just create unwelcome chaos. I mean, what what's going to be next? We, you know, there's targets out there. I've seen them. I've shot them. That are it, the target is nothing but Osama bin Laden's face. I mean, is that going to be wrong at some point in time? Probably. I mean, yeah. 
the thing is, who freaking cares? I, I'm trying to figure out. I, I don't think that the manufacturer of these targets had a, any type of racial preference in mind when they were designing targets. I'm, I, I'm assuming, I know for my turkey targets, my turkey targets are black, right? And when you hit them, they splatter off. Yep, yep that's right. Black. Let's talk from a scientific standpoint, okay? I guess when you hit a target, especially one of those turkey targets, to see the, the, the splatter marks and the colors behind them, yeah. it, it gives you a better reference when you're looking at it through optics. Let's say we're looking at it through binoculars after you shot. That's right. Instead of walking up, it just gives you a better visual on what you just shot. I, I don't think that it has anything to do, oh, hey, I'm going out and practicing shooting on a black person today. I don't yeah. think it has anything yeah. to do with that. No, I mean, well, oh, God. I mean, if you, you go look at it like that, okay, well, so if it's a target that is in the shape of a person, does that make you, does that raise any kind of red flag that, Oh, Rocky's shooting at a target that's shaped like a person from the waist up, so he's probably going to end up murdering somebody because he's practicing on a body. No. I mean, what What kind of... I mean, that's the same kind of mentality. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, you think about it. You shoot at a deer target because you're going to shoot at a deer. You shoot at a turkey target. You're going to shoot at a, you're going to shoot at a turkey. Well, sorry, Rocky, but if you're shooting with one that's got shoulders and a head, then that means you're going you're gonna to go shoot somebody. That's the same. It's the same mentality of of well, okay, no, you're not gonna go shoot somebody. Apparently, you only want to go shoot black people, white people, whatever color the target is. I mean, people, people kill me, man. Oh god. It is the liberal left agenda, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, man. He, if you don't if you don't watch like Waters World and see how uneducated our education educated population how uneducated they really are and that Waters World that comes on the O'Reilly factor I always that's pretty cool you know these these people are learning some of the the craziest stuff and I I think it goes back to school the most. They're learning the craziest crap at college now. And these these indoctrinated professors are trying to indoctrinate their students on how to think. Just teach them, man, and then test them on their abilities of what you taught. That's what I always thought school was. School's not like that anymore. You talk to people that are in college, they hand you a textbook, they teach you for an hour or two, three times a week. And they test you on chapters one through eight. Well, how is that testing them on what you taught? I just don't think school work should work that way. I mean, am I wrong? No, I completely understand what you're saying. I mean, that's the truth. Uh, and, you know, it's sad to say, but, you know, I really, really think that in my lifetime I will see it to where there is no grading system. There's just that that the education the educational system will look at it as well. These people who are in the classroom, 
who are, you know, quote unquote, you know, fit or or able to teach, they're teaching every kid in there the same thing, so every kid in there should come out with the same grade. And there'll be no grading system. I I literally believe that that will happen in my lifetime because that's the way that this freaking world goes. If somebody cries because they, they got upset over a test grade, well, then they get 14 chances to retake the freaking test because you don't want to see somebody fail. That's, that's, that's harder. exactly right. Number one, we either about... I didn't pass many tests, but I eventually learned that if I tried a little harder, I passed Oh, I mean, crap. I don't, I mean, it's just, holy cow, man. Two things that this world is about now, the United States. One is making everybody equal, and two, not offending anybody. Now, what does a good grade do to somebody that makes a bad grade? It offends them. So we have to correct that. That's that's just the world that we live in. It's a crazy... I mean, that's right. That's right. It's not... uh, It's not fair mentality is just taking over. I mean, anyway. Uh, Boy, we have really chased a rabbit on that one. But I thought a neat conversation came up when you were when you were at the office yesterday, Josh, when we were talking about the where turkeys were. Now, let's go to something hunting because, you know, people tune into this podcast to hear a little bit of hunting to go along with it. But one of the things that Josh and I were visiting about yesterday when he, were, when he was at the office was where turkeys, what stage they were because it has been a really, really mild February. And Josh told me, you want to tell a little bit about going out uh, this past weekend and listening and what you heard, and then I'm going to go into a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, of course, we live in a central part of the state of Mississippi. Um, and, yes, things are, I mean, the willow trees are getting top, they're getting green in the top. Uh, yes, turkeys are gobbling, uh, on average, maybe a little more than than what people uh, would say normal is for this time of year. But at the same time, I haven't seen anything and I haven't talked to anybody that has convinced me that, that you know, oh, it's it, it's all going to be over with, you know, by the time season gets here or, or whatever. I mean, I, I don't think they're that far ahead. Uh, I'm still seeing big groups of hens together. You'll see in big groups of gobblers together, you know, groups of three, groups of eight, groups of, you know, of all grown gobblers and, and seeing some other ones, you know, with all gobblers and jakes in them. So I haven't seen any, uh, and I haven't talked to anybody that has seen anything any different. You know, yes, there's been people going out and hearing turkeys gobble uh, a lot. This weather, the sunshine, I mean, it doesn't, have as, as much to do with the, the warmth, but the sunshine, if it's pretty, especially now, I mean, we're in the last week of February, you know, you catch a pretty morning and turkey's going to gobble, but I mean, crap. In December, they did the same thing. In January, they did the same thing. Uh, you know, and yeah, so in places, they may be gobbling a lot, and it seems like, you know, and people are worried, you know, oh God, you know, it's going to be over with, and you know, so quick, and there's some years where it 
from a turkey breeding standpoint, that's what me and you talked about. Turkey breeding standpoint, it's photo period. Now, a turkey gobbling activity standpoint, yes, my prediction would be the first couple weeks of Mississippi season, if this weather continues, are going to be great from a gobbling activity standpoint. From a breeding standpoint, uh, you know, and and hens doing what hens do, it's not going it's it's not going to be that much different. I don't. Yeah. You know, so 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 I'm not worried about it. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, because right now, looking at it, looking out at the 15 day forecast, and and you know, looking out close to opening day, um, yeah, the turkeys should be pretty fired up. They should be pretty active, but not you know, not from a um, you know, hens going to nest and and everything being over with in that sense. Uh, I, I I just don't I don't think it's going to get it's it's not going to get that way. Um, so I know I keep saying it. Yeah, the turkeys will probably be gobbling great opening week, which is just good with me. Um, a lot better than sitting out there and feeling like you're deer hunting for one. Yeah, but you can have an extreme cold front come through and shut those mothers down. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's gonna well. It's gonna be down in the in the thirties, not tonight, but but a, a night or two this week. And you know, in the highs and low fifties, which is a little more normal weather for this time of year. But I, I'm not not worried about it. I'm not. I'm not. I, don't, I haven't seen anything to you know convince me. You know that we need. I mean, I mean, look, we we can't hunt them until March fifteenth anyway. So it doesn't yeah, matter. If I'd, it's, but, <laughs> well, it goes it goes back to what you're saying. I, it, it doesn't matter how much a turkey gobbles between now and the middle of April. I don't. Who cares? The length of the day, and I will admit that I was a dummy to this until I read it yesterday. The length of the day determines the nesting habits of a hen. And a hen is not going to nest until a hen, until the length of the day, tells her that it's time to go nest. You know, that's to, right. To start breeding. But, Breed uh, and nest. Know, that's right. It goes. It goes back to what you're saying. A gobbler. That's a he could gobble from January to the middle of April. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Well, mother, yeah, I mean, one well, mother may tell years. him to gobble, but. It doesn't matter. As long as that hen is not breeding, he can gobble all he wants to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, and there's, you know, there's years where, you know, when it gets to be that, you know, second week of April, uh, turkeys aren't gobbling as much. And, you know, some usually that's because they were just so active at certain points. But, you know, at certain points earlier than that. But, I mean, I've never... Um, I think it was four years ago, maybe five years ago, uh, when it was really everything was really really greened up opening weekend. The turkeys were gobbling great opening weekend, but when 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 a turkey had, you know we still didn't see any hens going off on their own nesting. Um, you didn't. You were still when you when you ran into hens, <laughs> you ran into a pile of them, and and that's you know, that's what I'm seeing right now. Uh, you know, so I'm not not too worried about it. Uh, you know, it, it's got to do with you know, a hen breeding has got to do with the, the photo period, and the gobbler is just he's gonna gobble whenever it, I mean he wants to. I mean, look, I've been out on some of the absolute most perfect, pristine mornings you could imagine in the spring, you know, in March and April, 
and not hear a freaking beep. And for who knows why. I mean, you know, there, there, it would seem like there's absolutely no reason for a turkey not to gobble. And they just don't, I mean, sometimes they just don't. Sometimes they don't shut up till you shoot them. So it's just, it's just part of the fun of it. But I, I've never, I've never been bothered by early gobbling activity. It's never, I've never seen a, a, anything to any extent to make me worry about how season is going to go. Isn't it amazing how many things God designed in nature to work by the length of the day? Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. It's a, it, it yeah. is amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. Ducks migrating, um, trees putting on leaves, <laughs> turkeys, turkeys breeding. I mean, there's so many things in nature that you could just list off that are determined by the length of the day, a photo period. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's it's yeah. When you start really thinking about it, it's pretty. It's an impressive list. Oh, I mean, there's. I mean, just about everything. <laughs> it's hard to name something that, that that's not affected by the length of the day. Um, I have to ask you. I've never have asked you what what is. What is your. What's your favorite shell choke combination turkey? I never have asked you that. Um, right now, and for the, this will be the fourth year, I have, um, I've shot the Longbeard XRs, which I shoot a three-inch shell, and I shoot those in three-inch number sixes. Uh, the gun that I shoot, I've had two different chokes in it through the years. I've shot this gun for a long time. Um, had the, the choke that came in it for a long time, and then, uh, my wife had started shooting a Pattern Master in her gun, and I wanted to try one in mine. I put it in it. It did great, so I kept it. But anyway, so I shoot the Pattern, it's Pattern Master Code Black, and I think it, uh, it's a 670 constriction. Um, and I shoot Longbeard XR 3-inch number 6s. Now, I shot the Maglin, the uh, 4, 5, and 6s. Shot those for a long time. Didn't really have a reason to. Switch. I just happened to shoot them one day, and I really, you know, really liked them. And I stayed with them. Katie, my wife, still shoots the mag blends out of, um, out of her gun. You know, she shoots a, hers the Winchester Super X3, with the Pattern Master Code Black choke. I, I believe hers is 665. It's a little tighter, but, um, but she shoots you know three inch mag blends uh, out of hers. I've shot all kind of different combinations um but you know ever since first like i said i killed a lot of turkeys with those mag blends didn't really have you know, other than the price of them being so dang high um that was really kind of what got me to to just buy some of those long beard xrs when they came out was because of the, it was a good shell for a good price and i mean i never never checked up after shooting them. they pattern great they do all i need them to do um so i don't I don't really worry about it. Um, and that's kind of the same way with Katie and her gun. I mean, she, you know, I've shot the Longbeard XRs out of hers just to see how they did. They do okay, but the mag blend does noticeably better out of her gun. I mean, every gun's different. Every choke's different. Every, everything is different. So um, one thing <laughs> about mine that I do like is that I shoot red dot scope. So I can put the center of that pattern wherever I want it. 
Um, and so that makes a difference in pattern of shotgun. Uh, so for anybody listening that, you know, wants to, if you have a specific combination you want to shoot, you feel like you have to shoot, put a red dot on there. And then you you can move the center of that pattern, you know, to wherever that dot is. And that, that allows you to shoot, shoot anything you want then. Let me tell you a, a funny story real quick. Um, about three years ago, I don't know why. I guess the cheap side of me decided that I was going to buy some um, some some shells. They were they were upper end shells. I'm not going to say a name, but they were a little bit bigger um, size shot. I think it was a four shot. What it was three three inch number fours, and I learned real fast. That and I don't know why it is, but a jellyhead choke, uh, one of those jellyhead primos, jellyhead chokes, do not work real well with four shot. Don't know why. I don't know why I didn't pattern that four shot before I went out, but it was wild. I shot two different turkeys, and it didn't phase them. It was like I missed them. <laughs> well, I, well, look, and uh, well, I mean that's that's part of the thing. You never know, um, and that's my you know, fault I, because I, like I said, I didn't pattern in it. And when I yeah, you never know. It, I'll tell you. Well, go ahead. I had like seven pellets inside of that twelve-inch uh, circle at thirty yards. Yeah, yeah. So you were just you were just scaring the crap out of them. Yeah, I mean, look, I had it. You know, talking about those the the pre-post chokes and that look, and and I know, I mean, I know you didn't mean it that way. That's nothing against them because I had um, Katie for a long time, uh, for for three or four years, shot a twenty gauge, and uh, it had a choke in it that was uh, that came with it. It was it was a real good choke, but I just I bought one of those pre-post chokes and put it in it, and I bought one. Um, that same at the same time to put in a ten gauge I had, and I loved those Primos chokes. But that was a Remington twenty gauge and a Browning Gold uh, ten gauge, and you know I I may have just gotten lucky and found two guns that really liked those chokes. But um, uh, and those that little twenty gauge, uh, I, I still have a habit of picking it up and taking it uh, some because. That thing I shot it. She doesn't shoot it anymore. She's been shooting 12 gauge for about five or six years now. But that 20 gauge, I put it up against three different 12s, a 10 gauge, and another 20 gauge. And at 40 yards, it will outpattern any single one of them every day of the week. That little thing is bad news on some turkeys. Um, but like I said, uh, you just you just never know. When I set that 10-gauge up, I decided I was going to turkey hunt with it. And I carried it for two years, and I finally got tired of feeling like I was carrying around a 4 by 4 post. So I quit carrying it. But um, I just I said, well, I'm going I'm to put a choke in it. If I like it, fine. If I don't, fine. I put a jelly head in it, and I killed five or six turkeys there in those two years I had it. And, um, I mean, I still have it, but I loved that thing. It patterned great. Um, but yeah, well, yeah look, and, on the, on the, and on the four shot thing, that's just kind of a 
I just thought. I, don't know. I mean, some people like shot, it. Yeah, I just thought he was going to uh, kill a turkey better. You know, buying yeah. a little I, bit bigger I, of a shot, but I, but I slid a five in it, and it went to ninety-two pellets. Yeah, yeah, a lot big difference. Well, you know that that ten gauge I'm talking about, it did great with four shot. First turkey ever killed with it was a four shot. Um, and then later in that year, we only killed two that first year. I had I only killed one. Anyway, the next year I put a red dot. Uh, well, it's actually the red dot that's on my 12 gauge now. I put anyway, I put it on there, and I started shooting six shot, um, and, and and killed a few turkeys there. But it, but it, it shot four fours just fine. I've shot fours out of my 12 gauge, three inch fours, does not do that well. Could just be the gun and choke combination. I, I would assume that's what it is. Um, it just it just scatters it a lot more. Um, so I'm not trying to talk up or represent any specific shell or or uh, shotgun choke or shotgun by any means. It's just there's so many combinations out there. It's just so broad across the board. I mean, just. Look, when you find one that that, that does good, and that's like this this little Mossberg that I, I shoot now, with the exception of two years where I carried that 10-gauge, that's the only gun I've ever carried since I was 12 years old. Um, I had a Browning I carried when I was 11 and 12 years old. But since then, I've only carried this Mossberg. I mean, and it works. Three-inch number sixes uh, do absolutely phenomenal out of it. Um and I can't, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to change. I, I would be curious to see what some of these other shells would do out of it, but it would take some real convincing to to make me swap. Yeah, those Mossbergs, man, that, that, is, that is a turkey-killing gun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they'll kill a duck. Oh, they'll yeah. kill anything, but they, they... No, that's all this one has ever done. It's only... It's only I mean, ever been talk, a turkey hunter. You talk gun, to the it. top. You talk to the top turkey hunters. I mean, they, they they kill a lot of turkeys. A lot of them shoot a Mossberg. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, and I don't know. Maybe that was Mossberg's mentality. Um, you know, back in the day when they started making them. I mean, yeah, they they make it great. I know people that duck hunt with them and stuff, but this one is only ever turkey hunting. It's all I'll ever do with it. Um. You know, I've I've carried other guns at times, just for the fun of it. But uh, the size of this one, just the way this one fits, it's just it's comfortable. That, that's it. And you know, it's that's my turkey gun. So. <laughs> well, it is fast approaching. I mean, it'll be here before you know it. Good grief! I can't believe it's already March first. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's getting here quick. Yeah, I, I was on the phone with AKC earlier. I was trying to get some some old puppy papers for a guy that bought a puppy from me six or seven years ago. And you know what was so crazy is I didn't realize that the mother or the the, the dam of of uh, those puppies was eleven years old. He asked. He asked me if I was going to breed her again. I was like, "No, man, she's 11." I, I, I mean, I never. It's spoonbill. You, you would never think that spoonbill mm-hmm. is 11, but it blew me away that she is 11 years old. Yeah, time flies, man. Time, oh, time flies. Literally yeah. flies. So, 
Anyway, I'm about to go cook some steaks on the grill. How do you like to marinate your steaks? Oh, right now in the refrigerator, I have steaks marinating. <laughs> uh, well, I take that back. It's not steaks. It's actually deer backstrap. But, um, you know, the last two or three that I've cooked, I've done them all different because, I, I don't know, I'm just looking for a new homemade marinade. I just kind of... Um, but one thing I, I have done with all of them is in a cast iron skillet at about 550 or 600, um, about three and a half minutes on both sides. And I've just used different, different stuff as far as seasoning and stuff on all of them. Um, but, I once I started a few years ago cooking with cast iron, that's about the only thing I can stand for meat to be cooked in. Um, I don't know, it just cooks so much more even and so much better. Um, but these right now, I've got one. I see, I, I did the same thing with this backstrap. I've got it two separate ways. Um, I've got a little bit of tiger seasoning on one side, and then the other side, I cut it, I mean, I cut it in half. Um, the other side is a recipe that was given to me. Um, and of course, I'll have to add the the butter when I when I put it on the grill, but you take a little bit of uh, it has to be the it has to be the land of lakes butter according to this recipe, <laughs> and uh, a little bit of Montreal steak seasoning. So uh, so we'll see how it turns out. But um, but anyway, like I said, they'll both be cooked on a really really hot cast iron um, here in just a little while if I don't get hungry yeah. before then. You know, I backed away from a lot of seasoning on meats now. I don't know why. Maybe yeah, I don't. Use, I don't use much when I use, when I use some. I still don't use much. Um, but I mean, um, like I said, I, I just I, I've gotten to the point now. I'm a, I'm a lemon juice, a little bit of Worcestershire, Worcestershire, whatever, however you want to say it, and a little little salt, a little pepper, and especially on a steak, I'll take that salt and pepper and I'll rub it on the fatty outer edges of the steak. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I, to make a, I like But my, my key to it is I always finish with a butter glaze. I don't just hold no. that moisture in the meat so much better. Um, as soon as you take them off or right before you take them off, just just melting that butter on top of them. Yeah, that's, what, that's how I like to do it. Um, yep, just take some, just put it right on top of them, just let it melt as it's in that last minute or two of cooking. I do like to do that. But I've just now it's funny you ask that because I've I've literally experimented with the last two or three that I've cooked and I mean they've all been good. I'm just 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 playing around. That's one thing I like to do is just mess around in the kitchen, find all kind of different ways to cook stuff. No, my brother, he is really big into the cast iron deal. He doesn't even cook steak on the grill anymore. I mean he literally no, I don't either. uh he cooks it two minutes on each side cuts the oven on 500 or 550 or something and um he'll, he'll put butter a little bit of garlic in the mixture um it's almost like that recipe you see people that cast iron steak recipe that you see on facebook so i've seen it pop up a couple of times and i don't know if that's where he got it from and just kind of made his you a little bit unique from that yeah no uh, i um he no, loves like, matter of fact he, if i cook if if I use a grill, 
I, I just I get it real hot and put the cast iron skillet on it <laughs> on the grill grate. Um, I, I don't know. It just uh, I, I love it. I mean, I we start, I started cooking, especially well. I cook a lot over open fire too, and we got a fire pit right here outside the house, and um, we started doing that too. We built a grate that we can swing out over the over the fire and cook. You know, it'll hold about three three really really large cast iron skillets and um i don't know once i ever once i started cooking with cast iron that's that's all i can really stand to cook with especially when it comes to meat uh, it just it just cooks a lot more even and once you get a skillet seasoned you know after you cook it a few times and everything man it just has a flavor of its own God, man, you got my freaking mouth watering thinking about all that's this. all i'll do i'll take a you take a, a one piece of of bacon and throw it in a really hot cast iron skillet and that it just just that one piece of bacon and then just cut duck breast into strips and throw them in there with it and salt and pepper them while they're in there for about two minutes and <laughs> holy crap you talk about good stuff man that is that that's the only way, about the only way I'll eat duck anymore um if I could keep up as Ramsey talks about his special duck recipe then I'd probably cook it more often but he gets to talking and he gets so excited about it when Ramsey Russell gets to talking about ducks. He he rambles on faster than an auctioneer, so I can't even keep up with him long enough to to try his duck recipe. I'll just have to get him to text it to me. So, <laughs> well, we'll have to stop right there because I'm gonna have to uh, uh, go get something to eat even before I cook. We're having our men's. Yeah, that's how I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm finding something now. We have our men's Bible study on Tuesday nights here at the, the hunting lodge. So I'm in, in the Delta today. and But anyway, Josh, I'm glad you could get on here with me. I know Jake's having a great time down. He's going to the Florida Keys, correct? He is in the Florida Keys, yep. He's in the Florida Keys and got a picture last night. He was, for some reason, hanging out uh, in a little place down there with one of the captains from Deadliest Catch. So what in the world they're doing, or he's do- I have no idea. Um, I saw that. He may be, in the, may be in the Bering Sea before it's over with. I have no clue what he's got up his sleeve. Yeah, I know he's planning on trying to get a lot of episodes filmed for this show. So he probably won't be joining us again until next week. But uh, you and I will get back together, talk a little bit more turkey tomorrow. Um, whatever. Tur- yeah, turkey, and we're going we're going to talk some crappie fishing too. Um, Maybe you going, can teach me a little bit about it. Definitely touch base on some on some crappie fishing. It's, you know, one of the talking about crappie, we we need to get uh, one of my family members on here. Uh, the Slaters, the Slaters Jig Company. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to get them on. You know, uh, well, until last year, and for no reason I took it out last year, but I actually, uh, in my turkey vest, I swapped vest last year. That's why I took it out. But um, but in my turkey vest, I keep a little tackle box and a telescopic rod just in case I end up next to a slough <laughs> chasing a turkey. Oh, I do. I keep it in there. I don't. I've always got crappie on the mind, even if I'm chasing a turkey. That's pretty cool. I I can probably talk Jimmy 
Jimmy or Alan, one of them coming on the podcast and talking about the jigs. And but uh, do you have any final thoughts before we leave for the day? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I know we talked, we touched base on on chokes and and shot size and everything like that. Um, matter of fact, right before we started this, I finished an article that will go out in the newsletter. Um, I mean, look, I'm all for advancements in technology, but there is a line of respect that a lot of hunters cross when it comes to using advancements and innovations as an excuse to try to kill a turkey at obscene distances. Um, my full thoughts are in the article. I'm not going to ramble on about them right now, but, uh, and I, I just well, you you saw the way I got talking about a particular story yesterday when we were together. I, I it just blows my mind that that people use it as an excuse to think they can kill a turkey at seventy and eighty yards. It may look cool on paper, but uh, you know the truth is that pellet's got just enough energy to punch that paper at that distance. A- anyway, that's that's as in depth as I'm going with that. Well, I'm going to leave you with the final thought. It is hot, man. It is 83 degrees out here this afternoon while we record this podcast. And I, I don't think I've been this warm since back in October when we were, when I was sitting. Because I always have to sit out in my truck because I have no service. I'm way out here in the middle of nowhere when trying to record a podcast. Man, it's freaking hot. Good grief. I mean, it won't be long before the mosquitoes are out. Heavy. Oh, and yeah, the, yeah it, and it's the, warming up big time. And when the mosquitoes come out at Mossy Island, dude, it literally, when I try to explain to people, it in the summertime, it really literally sounds like a boat motor running off in the distance. There's so many flying around outside. Yeah, yeah that's just, yeah, I don't know, that's just a part of the Mississippi Delta that, Another reason it sets itself apart because people think they have seen mosquitoes until they hang around the Mississippi Delta right before dark. Oh yeah, and they love boy, they love my wife and kids. They don't like me too much. I'm bitter tasting, I guess. They don't get on me that bad. But Josh enjoyed it, buddy, and we'll talk again tomorrow and talk a little bit more turkey hunting, a little crappie fishing, as you say. Uh, maybe I can. Get Alan or Jimmy on here with us to talk a little crappie fishing. But uh, I want to thank everybody out there listening for joining us for this edition of the On the X podcast powered by DuckSouth.com. <laughs>